You're listening to the Perfect Man Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Kirk, Sparky, canine connoisseur, and mental health advocate. Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome to today's episode. I'm joined today by another guest, Blake Tufferty from Unbroken Strength and Performance, PT, online coach, cross-training athlete, and scaffolder who's always sporting a dapper cut. Urge. What's happening, mate? That's an intro, bro. I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm good, thanks, man. How was your weekend? Good, good. Well, I've only just come back in from work. Yep. So, when was my last morning? Uh, Tuesday morning, I drove home and then, yeah, tried to stay awake last night, yesterday, and shake the uh, <laughs> night shift blues. Yeah. No good. No. No, no good. good. But, no, um, never yeah. easy, is it? Nah, bro. And then, uh, yeah, today we're just trying to get some sun. Yeah. How good's the weather, That's bro? It. So it's good. On. It's on. Summer days are coming. It's on. The days. We'll start by how old you are and what you do for work and what you're doing for fun. All right. I am 27 for two more days. <laughs> oh, really? Two more days. Yeah, I'm living it up the oh, last okay. 27. Yeah. Uh, 20 Jake's eight. birthday wasn't too far off as well when I had him on. Oh, Maybe yeah. Maybe it might be a recurring theme here. Fuck, here we go. Birthday. What's up? Um, yeah, and... What was the what was the next question? So, <laughs> you're right. What do you what do you do for work? Fuck, what do I do? Um, so I'm a strength conditioning coach. Uh, I'm broken, um, and then I'm also back on the tools scaffolding, um, and do a little bit of uh, emergency response stuff in my meantime, downtime, and then yeah, a bit of everything. Busy man. Busy man. And what do you do for fun? What How do you do look after fun? yourself? How do you enjoy yourself? Uh, look, enjoy me training, surfing. Getting out in the water, um, getting out in the bush for trail runs, which uh, you joined us mm. a couple of weeks back. Yep. From sh- which <laughs> just sure made was it. A- yeah, oh, fuck, you did all good. Um, yeah, just getting out and about, eh? We're about to go surfing. Um, I live in Manja, so there's good reef along the coast there. So I just try, try and uh, find what's working. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, when I can, try and get down south for a few sessions. Mm, nice. We're about to do trail running. At the moment? Uh, the only places I've kind of hit is um, Jaredale. So AJ took us out there one time, you know, he's always out there. Mm. And, um, yeah, he showed Always us, yelling at his phone. Always yelling at his phone. <laughs> um, so out on Kitty's Gorge, there's a nice little track out there and you can, fuck, you can go 10Ks, 15Ks. Mm. You can even hit a hit a half out there, 21. Fuck, you can go for days out there, bro. Yeah. But, um, no, it's good, eh? It's... I'd much rather run out there than on the road. Mm, something, yeah. something about the bush, oh. Definitely. Even though I'm not a runner, I'd, I'd rather do a trail as well. It's so much nicer out there. How'd you find um, the other week? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was, it was a bit of a challenge, but uh, once you get your rhythm and just – I remember AJ always saying, just find a pace that you can hold. Yeah. I just kept thinking about that. Yeah. Oh, you like, did well, bro. Yeah. Like, fuck. Cheers, mate. I'm sure we'll get into the southwest sesh, but yeah, no, fuck, bro, you did you did well. Yeah. Well, on that, can you give us any details about the next one, or is it all under wraps at the moment? Oh, no, nah, the next one's going to be on. <laughs> nah, so yeah, so uh, southwest sesh number four. Yeah. Um, we're planning on trying to go bigger and better. Um, there's always room for improvement in each one. We're learning. Mm. Um, more of like what we want to the product that we want to give the guys, guys and girls, and, and you know, have have people that come on again, like repeat guys, and then also yep. bring in new people. So 
Now we've got a few we've got a few little few little things that we want to hit. Mm. Um, we just got to make sure it works and and yeah, but I can't leak anything to yet. Yeah, but um, well, I personally enjoyed the last one a lot, so. It'd be interesting to see what you guys come up with. Yeah, so the next one's in March. So March. So we've got right. some good weather and we're going to yep. make sure we use that to our advantage. Still around the same area? Still around the same area, so we'll still hit down south. Mm. I think that's like our vibe, eh? like yeah. that down south vibe and kind of take the crew away from like the area and mm. go down there. And it's just, yeah, it's just a vibe down there, eh? Yeah, I really enjoy it. We'll get into where did you grow up and what did your childhood look like? Uh, I'm from the I'm from this area, Buzz. Yeah, boy. Rockingham. Six one six eight. Oh, six one six eight. Is it six nine? <laughs> I'm six nine. I don't know oh, yeah? about you. Nah, six one six eight, Buzz. We'll sort it out after. Cooling, cooling up, cooling okay. up there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, my childhood, I've got um a brother and a sister. Younger, I'm the oldest. Okay. Um, mum and dad had me pretty early. They were eighteen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just. Had a good good upbringing. Um, my dad's from New Zealand, yep. a place called Fielding. Um, so I had like that that culture growing up as well. And then yeah, mum's Aussie, and yeah, just grew up you know around the, these coastal ways and mm. going to school, playing rugby, and getting out and about. Yeah, nice. What was it like being the oldest? Did you feel a bit of responsibility there? Yeah. So the, oh, there's a bit of an age difference between. Um, so it goes me, my sister, my brother. So. There are, what's it between me and my sister's like six years, me and my brother's eight. Okay. So it was kind of like a older brother, but then you'd get left looking after him and stuff mm. like that. So during their younger years, you kind of, uh, I don't want to say I was a parent figure because yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wouldn't have been a good parent figure, but <laughs> corrupting him. But um, yeah, just Still. like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, had that kind of looking out for him. And then as they get older, uh, that relationship changes to more of like that brother and sister. Mm. Um, still, still get into them when I have to. But yeah, yeah, that's the way. Yeah. You played a lot of team sports growing up as well. So, what did you? What were your favourites there? Yes, well, I was no good at the uh, education stuff. So, if schooling for me and everything I kind of live for was was sports. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I think my first sport was basketball. Oh yeah, mum and mum and dad both played basketball. Yeah, they're both pretty handy. The old boy still still balls, eh? Yeah, yeah, bro. He's, uh, Snoop, they call him. Okay, like Peter Pan syndrome. That fella, he still thinks he's got it. Eh, loves it, loves it. Um, so yeah, my down first, to the foreshore hustling, hustling kids. Or yeah, what? bro. White man can't jump styles, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, so I played uh, basketball and then I uh, played a bit of AFL for a while. Oh yeah. And then, um, yeah, just always watching the All Blacks on TV. And then mm. I had a few rugby boys that kind of used to get into me a little bit and be like, yeah. oh, come, come play a real sport. So <laughs> yeah. Union? Went, yeah, Union. So yeah. I went across to the dark side and, yeah, played a lot of rugby, mm. did a bit of swimming. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That Competitively? Was, uh, I was decent at it, but um, I just found it boring, eh? Mm. Chasing that black line and they put in yeah, some hours in that pool. Nah, I'd rather chase a ball around. And Were you sprints or endurance? Nah, sprints, bro. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> that endurance stuff, man. Hey. Yeah, stuff that. Within the – regarding the team sports that you've been involved in, what's the general view of men's mental health like within the clubs? I definitely think it's getting better now that that awareness is coming mm. – it's, it's becoming more popular. 
Um, I grew around the rugby culture. Um, I was a young lad around men. I'm mm. um, lucky enough to play uh, first grade quite young. Okay. And it was kind of – it wasn't really – it was still that old school mentality. Uh, it wasn't really like spoken. Like suck it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't really spoken about. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they just – they just corrupt you into yeah. it, but but they, it was it was a great culture. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, but yeah, there, there probably wasn't as much as like that. You know how how are you, bro? And, mm. and people actually talking. Where now, I think there's a big difference. But within that camaraderie, as much as like you don't talk about it as openly, mm. I think that camaraderie of like the rugby club, like the boys know that if you ever need them, yeah, you know they're there and and you're Looking there for, out for them. Each other. Yeah, and. Fuck man, that's why I love rugby so much. It's like you go mm. on the field for eighty minutes and like you're proper, you're proper, you're proper battering yourselves yeah. and each other. You know, even the other team, you know, for eighty mm. minutes and that that camaraderie. Like, you know, you have your boys that don't play rugby and you know they're your boys, but if you see like the rugby lads out, like you know you've got each other's backs. Mm. And, yeah, it's fucking yeah, good. yeah, nice. Would you say you felt a lot of pressure, like being a younger one in your first grade? rugby uh to you know perform and was it a realistic standard or expectation that you had on yourself yeah i'm my biggest critic um back in the back in the younger days like my my dream was to play professional rugby and um being in that environment at such a young age like it 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 was real like you know Mm. um yeah and yeah i was quite hard on myself but I guess it was for a good reason. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, yeah, the way I played, like, I did my job for a 17-year-old playing against men, you know. I was still, yep. I was still a boy. Like, I'm not a, not a big frame fella. I was able to just play how I, you know, to my strengths and, yep. and yeah, play some decent footy. Um, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, I remember on the Southwest search that we did, one of our journaling sessions, you – the term pressure builds diamonds. Explain what that means to you. I, th- I think, uh, yeah, pressure builds diamonds. Just by applying the right pressure, I think um, you're a- you're able to go up to that next level and, mm. and perform in whatever uh, your your goal target is. Yeah. Um, you know, to you know relate back to the rugby question, like you know, my pressure was I'd write used to write three things down in a game that I wanted to. To hit, whether that be you know uh, no missed tackles, uh, feed the ball, and you know uh, have plenty of chat um, by putting that pressure on myself uh, on my individual game as well as what the coach expectations was, uh, you're generally able to measure how well you played. Yeah. Um, and then knowing going into that game, especially like the big games, like uh, lucky enough to play against or in a in a comp where you know you're playing against professional players boys in the Western Force and even the Wallabies and I think putting them little that little bit of pressure, um, you're able to rise up to the occasion and sometimes you do, sometimes you mm. don't. The ones that you you don't, you, you learn from it and you go again the next week. Yeah. What's the state of union right now in WA? Uh, it's definitely not what it used to be. Yeah. No, even, you know, I, I'd, I like to say that I was lucky enough to get like the back end. mm of like when the force was around and there was, you know, like even local clubs would have the money to bring in. Well, they still do have the money to bring in, you know, international players, but it was more common. Mm. So you'd go and play on the weekend and, yeah, you'd have, you know, boys that you're watching on TV run around 
whether they're coming back from injury or they're trying to find some form. Yeah, right. Now, I think with the the way that the rugby WA is set up, yeah, you don't get too much of that anymore. You mm. still get your academy players and stuff like that, but um, yeah, it's definitely not the level that it used to be. Yeah, which which is a shame. But so, if you're a you know young lad or girl trying to get into union, is it what's the pathway that you need to take? So you play like club footy, yep. and obviously you got your representatives. I, I think um, they've got they're really pushing for like the junior academies now and stuff like that. So they they are they understand and they they're aware of where the rugby's going in WA. Mm. Um, so yeah, you got and even school rugby's getting better as well. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got your club representative. They'll still be playing like Ripper rugby. Hey? Stuff like that. Will they just be playing Ripper rugby or would they be playing full contact at school still? No, full contact yeah. at school, yeah. So my school went to, yeah, it was full contact yeah. and it was actually like known for as a rugby school. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, there's pathways there and they are working on it. More mm. so the junior stuff. I think it, the senior stuff could definitely do with some work. But I guess being in WA, it's not, it's not the number one sport. Mm. You've got AFL, which is massive. Rugby league, which is, you know, growing, yeah. and then you've got you know cricket and all the other stuff. Mm. In terms of other types of training, what's more of your style now? At the moment, working away is it's tough, mm. especially like you got to work with what you got. Oh, yeah. So you're sitting in a donger, <laughs> you, you know, you don't have everything, and it gets crowded and yeah. stuff like that. So, the training at the moment, you probably. Going back to the bro splits, it's mm. been a while since I've done them. Yeah. Um, making sure you hit your compound lifts, keep that strength up. Mm. Um, but then when I'm home, I like to do like the the conditioning pieces, more of like the cross-training, CrossFit style stuff. Um, I, I just, I don't know, I just like getting sweaty and throwing chalk around and, <laughs> yep. you know, moving around a bit. You're the chalk monster. I am the chalk monster. <laughs> but I clean it up, so that's all right. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Have you done a CrossFit comp? Yes, I've done two. Done two. Yeah. How'd they go? Yeah, they were good fun. Actually, what made you want to test yourself in a competition? Just that curiosity, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm one for like if I'm training for something, I train best when I've got a competition ahead or just mm. training for something, especially on then you don't want to go. You're like, fuck, you better go because yeah. soon enough you're going to be on that comp floor and yeah. you, know, you don't want to be looking silly. Um, yeah, no, it was just curiosity and started training and I was like, oh, let's see how I hang with, with the guys that actually do it full time. Yeah. Um, my first comp. It's just uh, split into men's and women's, yeah? Yeah, and then yeah. you've got um, like stages. So you've got RX, which is like the big dogs. Yeah. Um, and then you've got intermediate and beginners. Okay. So they cater for Scaled down a little bit. Yeah, and it's just, you know, um, the movements are scaled down, okay. the, the weight and stuff like that, but it's still hard work. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's good fun, man. Good fun. Yeah. So the first one I did was uh, in November 2021. That was like a three-day comp up in Swan Valley. And, yeah, it was, it was fun. Three days. Three days, yeah. And I think it was like seven events, including the final, out in like 40 degrees. Oh, oh. It was a cooker. But Fire it was good up. fun, man. Paramedics like, on standby. Yeah, yeah. That's it, crazy. Yeah, it was good fun. Like, <laughs> bro, the way they set it up was like – the comp floor was like in the middle of this field, so like you'd go to grab a barbell, and it's like it's hot. Yeah, so, you're so, right. So if you didn't have an incentive, you want to do the rip as quick as possible. And get yeah, out of the ends. Yeah. So if you didn't have the incentive to move fast, that hot barbell was fucking oh, making you move fast. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Actually, backing up to rugby, you broke your leg pretty badly. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that come about as well? 
Oh, bro, that, it was my turn to pay my dues. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so through my sporting career, I've, I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had too many, um, you know, major injuries. Yeah. I've had a few concussions and, you know, broken fingers and hands and stuff like that. But, yeah, I broke my arm, uh, snapped my tib fib. Uh, 2020, yeah, yeah, it was a good one too. I, I, um, I heard it before I felt it. <sighs> And, um, yeah, it was uh, up at UWA, um, Cracker Grounds, because they yep. get all the uni students to look after it, for, like yeah, they do okay. the horticultural. Yeah, right. And, yeah, just wasn't even a malicious tackle. I'd, yeah. Uh, broken play, one of the boys made a break, got off him, and I had uh, one to beat, and I went to go inside and then go outside and run around him. But as I've stepped to go back outside, I got clipped from someone behind, and he's just pushed me into the other bloke. And, yeah, just... Landed wrong on my leg and yeah, crack. Yeah, that was yeah, it was good. It was uh, yeah, it was a it was a moment. It was a moment. And you obviously had surgery for that and yeah. So I I waited five days to have surgery. So I was up at um. How come it took so long? Because I was trying to wait for the inflammation to go down. Gotcha. So they were saying like if they cut me open, it would have been like a split sausage, and they wouldn't be able to get (laughs) get me stitched back up. So yeah, five days sitting up at um, fuck where was I? Like uh, one of them city ways, can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sitting there getting fed all the uh, painkillers and yeah. that, just <laughs> sitting there waiting to get surgery, bro. I got taken down. Just to, pressing that button. Oh, bro, I was pressing that button. <laughs> headphones on, listening to Brother Mac, just pressing the button, bro, just kicking yes. back. Yeah, I got taken down to surgery three times, bro. Yeah, right. And like, got can- got cancelled every time. Yeah, Fuck. and then the last one, the last one, I didn't even believe I was actually going to get it done. I was like, yeah, whatever, yeah, here we go. Yeah, but we managed to get it done, and yeah. What well, what was the recovery time on that? Uh, probably took me like six months to run again. All right. So I was lucky enough that uh, this was during COVID. Yeah. So the gyms went really went really open or starting to, you know, starting to all kick off. Mm. Um, no, this was post-COVID, sorry, because I did two pre-seasons that year. So this was just when we were all getting back to normal. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was six months and, yeah, I was on no weight-bearing and then slowly weight-bearing, moon boot and learning to walk again and your gait and not walking with a limp. Yeah, yeah. And building strength back and then, you know, running in a straight line and, change of direction and you know, mobility and stuff like that. And, yeah, so it was a process, but, man, I learned so much from it, especially as a coach as well. Um, you can read about it and you can study all, like, the rehab stuff, but yeah. I think that the best way to learn is by doing it yourself and something yeah. um, such a big injury like that, um, I took so much from it. Yeah. What was some of the rehab things you were doing that, may not have been conventional or were you doing something that was completely different to what you read that worked for you? Um, I think the biggest thing I took out of it was um, still training your other leg. Yeah. Um, it slows down like that muscle atrophy. Mm. So, you know, even though one leg's in a moon boat, I was still doing single leg squats, yep. single leg press on the leg press, um, still working that other leg and you think that it, it would create an imbalance and to a degree, you could say that it would, but it's stopping Take a long that. Time. Yeah, but it's, and it's stopping that muscle atrophy on the on the other leg. It's, it's it doesn't completely stop it, but it slows it down. You, you know, you 
your body's still thinking, oh, yeah, we're still operating here. Mm. Um, and then everything else was kind of pretty much your protocols, you know, um, movement, um, movement without injury, um, and then, yeah, begin weight-bearing without injury. Yeah. And then, yeah, going from there and push, pushing it but dancing on that fine line of, mm. you know, Comfort and pain. And yeah, yeah. Pain. Have I have I pushed too much, or yeah. have I have I um, done it to back off a little bit? But yeah. that's the game you play with rehab, and that's why I think you know it's vital to um, have like the professionals in your corner because they're going to help you. Sometimes uh, they can they're there to push you and show you that you can do more than what you think you can, but also rein it back in as well. Where was your head at through start, middle, finish? Oh, it was a journey, bro. It was a journey, so uh, yeah, it was a journey. It, but it was a journey that I needed to go on. Mm. Um, it, I had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, inner thoughts that I had to deal with. Yeah. Um, so, for, for context, uh, so I broke my leg twenty twenty. It was uh, we did two pre seasons that year because COVID kicked off, so it delayed our season starting. Okay. Yeah. Um, Late 2019, I had surgery. I had two hernias stitched up in my groin. Yeah, right. So I rehabbed, come back from that, which that was a bit of a journey too because I, I didn't think it would hurt so much. Well, not hurt so much, but, you know, like the, I Put thought – out for a – Yeah, time. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just get stitched up and mm. fuck, we're back into it. But it was like, nah, nah, bruh. It's like you got, you got some work to do. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, post breaking my leg, I was kind of going down a slippery slope. Um. I can talk about it now and mm. say that yeah, I probably was in a depression state, um, and I but I wasn't dealing with it. I was yeah. in the right way as well. I like go and get on the piss, and rather than enjoying it with the boys, I was you know drinking to, to myself silly and okay. doing doing dumb shit. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, breaking my leg uh, two weeks before, you know, uh, relationship status changed. Okay. Broke up, uh, come out of a long, long-term relationship, and yeah. so it was probably, you know, I was already dealing with some stuff, and then breaking my leg. That was kind of rugby was kind of the only thing that I had that mm. I was like, yeah, no, I'm sweet. If I stay injury free, like I'm all good. Yeah. And then breaking that leg was like, oh nah, nah, oh, nah, nah. It rains at pause, eh? Yeah, but but it was good, bro, because I was just avoiding all this stuff that I had to deal with. Yeah. So yeah. by breaking your leg, you know, you're not very mobile, so you mm. have to sit there you and you sit there with yourself. Sit there with yourself, bro. And I hated my own company, man. <laughs> oh, brother, I used to fucking avoid that motherfucker as much as possible. Um, so yeah. it was good, man. And yeah, to answer your question, like it, yeah, I was in a pretty pretty dark spot uh, when I first broke it, but um, I had like the rugby boys come around and you know check up on me and. But as much as like I had people around me and my family and stuff like that, I needed to go through it myself. Yeah. And I really found myself. And then so that that recovery process, like I say it was six months. It was a lot longer than six yeah. months. You know, it was probably like a year, year and a half. And it wasn't just a physical recovery, it was a mental. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I took so much from it, man. Like, you know, you, you, you're building yourself back up. And, and now I can, you know, happily say like, you know, I'm sweet with my own company mm. and I've sorted myself out and, Way yeah, different sick. person to what I was, yeah, I think, awesome. but I think by going through that struggle and you know that sitting down finally mm. and dealing face with the face with yourself, dealing with yeah. your shit, mm. um, you know you're able to address the issues and yeah. yeah, we got through there. Did you have any other resources that were helpful to you at that time, or was it one of those things that you were just 
forced to deal with yourself and, you know, you fortunately come out of it. And I, I know you're saying you had good, you know, mates and family around you as well. Did you have you, any other things that helped you along the way? No, I was kind of just like, this is your situation. What are you going to do? You're going to, you know, yeah. play, play the victim card and yeah. carry on. It's easy to do. Yeah, carry on with your old ways and kind of, you know, not address things or is, you know, you got time. You got time now. You yeah. you know you're laid up on your bed waiting for your leg to re- recover. So, mm-hmm. um, I was reading a few books and stuff like that, and yeah. I was just it was just self reflection most of it, and just really just having <laughs> having a yarn to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, sit in my room, fucking talk to myself. <laughs> no, no, yeah. just yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Being forced to address issues and mm. and kind of reflect, and you know what was I, I was you know twenty six, probably thought I knew everything. Yeah. And it was just a real humble pie that I needed to swallow, and mm. and yeah, it's a funny age. I think uh, it's, a, it's a real tipping point. I think for young guys about who you are and what you're made of and what you want to do and stuff like that. Eh? Yeah, it's a funny one because it's like your young twenties. You're running a muck still, yeah. kind of. You're like, you know, oh, plenty of time, plenty of time, plenty of time, plenty of time, and then you start, and then you look at the other side. You're like, oh, all right, I'm creeping close to the thirty, which. You know, hey, I'm still going to be running muck when I'm 30 yeah, and yeah, having a good time. Around. But, yeah, you're right. It's like, it's like, all right, now you got to start thinking about some things and mm. sort your shit out, have a little bit of maturity about you. Yeah, yeah. And emotional maturity seems to come much later for guys, I think. Oh, it does. It does, bro. It does. I mean, fuck, I'm, what, 27 for one more day, two more days. I'm holding on to that motherfucker. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Same here, man. In terms of getting back, training, picking up the barbell, picking up the ball, uh, was it hard to know how hard to train at the start? Or were you just gauging it by, like, how much does this hurt? All right, I'll stop there and then, you know, rein it back in a bit. Yeah, you're, you're dancing a fine line and, um, you know, you, you've been around the gym now you you've probably seen you know how i train and mm-hmm. how i operate and you've been away on the southwest sesh so you've kind of got an insight into um the way i tick kind yeah. of thing mentally towards training yeah there was a few times there where i had to you know have a quiet word to myself especially if i'm like proper crook after a session or yeah. you know dizzy spells and stuff like that um yeah. luckily i had aj helping me through rehab and stuff like that so we yeah. we vibed with it and um Sometimes he was there to say, like, hey, bro, you're sweet. Like, you mm-hmm. know, start pushing it. Um, other times he was there going, hey, just chill out a little bit. Like, play the game. Yeah, cool. Um, but then, it, you know, from my experience of being a coach, helps so much as well, man. And, mm-hmm. and I took on that responsibility of, like, um, you know, I don't know, people may not have been watching uh, the rehab journey. Yeah. But I, but I told myself that, you know, you're a strength conditioning coach. Um, you make sure you come back and mm. lead by example so yeah. that way, you know, people in the gym are seeing you do your rehab, you know, when you give them advice or your client's advice, you know, they've seen how you've operated. Mm. So, you know, your word means something and you're not just talking shit. Man, I'm getting fucking goosebumps. I remember when I fucked my shoulder and one of the first things he said to me was like, just add to the story, bro. And I was like, fucking yeah. oath, man, and I'm going to come out so much better than, yeah. than I was, you know. Yeah, that's true. and you've done so well as well, bro. Like, yeah, you're looking good, and, and it is a it just as to the journey. And uh, you know, you had you had a competition lined up with yeah. the bodybuilding, and I'm sure you 
you're invested in it and you're doing bro like you're looking lean and mean yeah and then just you know the wrong time it's like the last thing that you're meant to be no and it's you've gone to you, man i was like pulling in for double sessions and shit yeah the last couple of weeks oh like, you're fuck. on like like that finish line was there like it was so close yeah. it was so close but yeah you know, and you, you sit in it for a couple of days. Like, yeah, of course, you can't yeah. say that you don't. Like, you know, you feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. But then. Oh, look, I'm going to, I'll say this on record, man. When I was in that hospital get, waiting to get an X ray on my shoulder, bro, I had a good sook. I was like, fuck, this yeah. sucks. Yeah. And then afterwards, I'm just like, well, oh, well what are you going to do now, mate? Exactly. And that's the questions you got to ask yourself. And yeah, it, it fucking adds to the story, bro. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, the next time that you, or when you get on that stage, it's going to mean so much more than that first one and you'll probably appreciate it a lot more. So. And yep. you you would have learned so much in, in that um, process of training up to it now that now you can tweak kind of things and yeah. I reckon you'll be better than what you were. Hopefully, man, yeah. One. Cheers, yeah, hopefully. What got you into being a PT and online coach and what one do you prefer more at the moment? Um, so I was scaffolding um, before I was a coach as well. Yeah. Um, and I was just around the gym and um, being around AJ for so long, like we played rugby together. Okay. He was part of the crew, you know, yep. when I was Same seven. Same team. Yeah. So, yep. yep. So um, I was probably 15, 16 when I first met him. Um, he was coming back. He would have been like 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell him that. No, he, yeah, this was uh, – he would have been, yeah, in his 20s. Then he was coming back and forth playing from out of England. Yep. Um. And I was just around the Smith's fitness environment and just you're a product of your environment, yeah, eh? And, absolutely. And um, having him there and then, you know, I was slowly getting the boys kind of always been interested in me training and stuff like that. I'd have my mates come in and do a session with me and just train with me and then, you know, I was getting more and more and people asked me about advice and stuff like that and how I operate and what I thought. And I was like, oh, you know, I remember hitting up AJ one day and it's his classic mentality and I... Um, you know, he was just like, I was like, oh, bro, I'm thinking about um, doing a bit of coaching and, you yeah. know, making a bit of a career change. And he's like, I was like, but I'm not too sure. And he's like, just fucking do it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah, yep, that's start. it. And then, yeah, he said, you know, he gave me an ultimatum. He's like, go do your studies. Yeah. And, you know, you're already a part of the crew here. And, and yeah, we started from there and yeah, did that for three years full time. And yeah. to answer your question, what do I prefer? I as much as I enjoy the online stuff, I hate sitting behind a computer. Yeah. Um, that face-to-face stuff for me, eh, is, as much as my time's very limited now, mm. um, I think – Yeah, you're doing this all on your breaks. Mm. That's very yeah. busy. Yeah, six days. But, no, nah, I love that one-on-one stuff. And even yeah. the group stuff, like there's nothing better than vibing with someone. And yeah. uh, you can see when someone's gone through, you know, they might have a shit day or a shit week. Um, and then you see them at the end of the session or – you know, they don't really want to be there. Yeah. And then, you know, you let them vent and then you see them afterwards and they're up and about and they're like, oh, thanks so much for yeah. that, bro. Like, that means, that yeah, meant heaps. Sick. And you're like, yeah, that, that's, that means more than money, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool to see in person. Did you find any difficulties um, training uh, men and women? Or did you have to approach it in a yeah. different way? Yeah, big time, man. <laughs> I, um, it was probably like – a year and a half into like coaching full time that I got my first female client. Okay. I trained my mum at the start and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, but that's your mum, like, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, she knows you. Um, but then I was looking to branch out to the females and like, the boys are sweet because 
you know, you can use different, you know, you just vibe with them because yeah. you can relate to them. But mm. then, yeah, when you start getting female clients, like your language has to change yeah. uh, in the sense of like how you deliver messages and mm. stuff like that. Everyone's perspective is different. Yeah, and yeah, even the way you, where you stand yeah, with okay. female is different, you know. You don't, yeah. you know, you want to make them to feel comfortable yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. Um, you don't want to be that creepy coach that's fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting, you know, lurking yeah, in the back. Spotting when they're squatting. Yeah, lurking in the background. Yeah. Um, but no, I definitely um, found it different, but I love it, man. Mm. Like, Do you find your clients train differently, like yeah. in terms of the men and women, and do you, does one – uh, go through more volume than the other or intensity and does that play a part in your coaching? Yeah, so a lot of my clientele all play sports. Um, I've got a few general pop clients that yep. are just training just to feel good and have a good healthy lifestyle but a lot of them are uh, athletes. Yeah, okay. Um, and the volume, it just depends It just depends on um, you know where they are in their season. Is it a summer season? Is it a winter season? Mm. Are they coming back from injury? Uh, their strengths, their weaknesses, what are we working on? Yeah. Um, generally, yeah, it's real individualized. Um, Keeps the, it interesting for you it, as well, it, eh? Oh, bro, that's why I love it, man. Like, mm. it's it's different. Like, every client is different. The sports are different. Like, you could say that there's similarities with, like, running-based athletes, mm. whether that's, you know, a footy player, a rugby player, a, a soccer, soccer player. Yep. You know, they're all winter sports, so you can kind of – have a base and a program and blocks that are similar. Okay. But then even still like there's still that individualization and mm. and how you want to approach things. Some some athletes um, need to put on weight in the off season. Yeah. Some athletes need to drop weight. Um, some athletes are really strong, naturally strong. Some need to work on that. Yep. Some positional wise, you know, some are midfielders that need to run all day. Some are forwards that need to be big and strong and don't need to run so much. Okay. So there, yeah, you you're, peak, you're peaking everyone differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you still peak? Um, I assume. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you still use a lot of compound movements with all your, uh, you know, sporting clients? Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. I think. You Do you peak them to heavy sets? Yeah. How does that? How does that work? So in the off season, you get them, you know, getting heavy singles in. Oh, and even in season. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, you peak them right up, and you want them to, you know, kind of be peaking in their conditioning base. Remember, they they they're going through a preseason as well, yep. so you don't want to do too much mm. sense of volume and overload them because they've got generally Tuesday, Thursday of a lot of running as well. Yeah, but yep. you want to peak them so they're feeling good come round one. But it's even been hard with the AFL players, eh? Yeah, they're fucking running so much. They run a lot. They run a lot, and you know, you peak them. So they're feeling good round one, but yeah. as much as you do work in the off season, there's nothing compared to match fitness. Mm. So you know they're not finding their match fitness in their their game lungs until round three to five. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, you just peak it. But even still, in season, like there's no reason why you can't hit PBs in lifts. Yeah, you just fatigue management and damage management too. You know, you got to you got to really ask the questions to them. Like, all right, how'd you play on the weekend? Yeah, we played good. Oh, we didn't play so good. All right, no worries. Um, how's the body feeling come Monday? Yeah. Generally, it's a Saturday game. Some boys play Sundays. It's like, all right, are you are you able to squat on Monday? Um, what intent? This is a required uh, intensity. Are you able to hit that intensity? Yeah. If not, um, don't chase the numbers so much, but use like RPE and all right. If we've got to hit a session that's seven out of ten. 
you know, work to your seven out of ten at how you feel on that day, rather than go, oh fuck, I've got to hit up, yeah. I've got to hit one thirty squat today, but fuck, I got banged up on the weekend. Yeah. And we played played some big boys, you know. So yeah, but last I, thing you want as well is your knee caving in or something as well. Oh man, and like even far. yeah. Oh. End up like one of them highlight reels on fucking Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Every time a mate sends them to me, I'm like, I'm not watching that Bro, at all. Some of them ones are dirty, eh? I'm, I can't watch it. Oh, Lower knees, I can't watch it. Oh, it makes you, and next time you've got Double a barbell ones. on your back, you're like, fuck, am I going to end up on one of them videos yeah. or what? Torn pics, fuck that off. Oh, yeah, that's nasty, eh? And the bruising afterwards too, yeah. boy. Oh, nasty. Rough. Have you had any other injuries um, since starting CrossFit? No, I've been pretty good, eh? Yeah. Few few niggles. It's a lot of overhead stuff they do, eh? Yeah. So much overhead stuff. So you get your shoulder, niggles through your shoulder, scaffolding as well. You yeah. Know, it's, it's a la- it's a labor job. It. You're always pushing gear up or pulling gear up. Yeah. Um, but I make sure that I'm doing the right stuff. Like, yeah. I go and see uh, remedial massage and yeah. um, go see Benny and get cracked at the Cairo. Okay. So I think as much as um. You're pushing yourself. Uh, you have to put money and it will invest into rehab. Back in yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. Yeah. Otherwise, you will get injuries. On the tools you work in a pretty high-risk environment, what kind of hazards or issues do you have to worry about? Scaffolders. <laughs> Other scaffolders. <laughs> Other scaffolders. <laughs> no. Um, uh, obviously, we work at heights, mm. work in confined space. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Dropping, dropping stuff at yeah. you know forty meters in the air. It's, you, you know you could have boys under. Well, you're not going. You're not, not supposed to. to have, yeah. You're not meant to have boys underneath you. But I mean, yeah. if you drop a chew from forty meters away, it can ricochet and end up someone thirty meters away yeah. can end up some final destination shit. Oh, you? bro, you hear some stuff, man. Yeah, that's like, that's going to replace a spine or something. Yeah. Oh man, we do like um dropped objects, like little. Seminars and we drop some yeah. shit from height and like that's only eight meters, bro. And you see some of these things come down on a yeah. hard hat and you're like, fuck, it's like you're gonna have more than hard a headache. just for sure, eh? Oh, bro, you're gonna have more than a headache. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you find it difficult working with other work crews as well? And you know, your fitters and your sparkies trying to fit in together and the other ones who need you guys to finish your job first to get access to the stuff is it a bit annoying like that? Yeah, having some of those supers on top of you. Yeah, oh, it's it's a different environment on the mines in the sense of working in the city. Yeah, in the city it was real fast pace. Um, the owner of the company was still on the tools, so yeah, right. bro, you'd be sometimes we'd be stripping scaffold with like electrical boys still on it, you know, <laughs> and they're getting they're getting their hint real quick when the yeah, scaffold yeah, starts yeah. swaying. Um, <laughs> but on the mines it's not too bad because they're all about safety yeah. and that. So yeah. if the job's not done, then then we're waiting around. You always um, feel you get allocated enough time and yeah. resources and stuff. To yeah, build I mean, properly. yeah, yeah. There's not much. That's of it. good. Like, as much as you get pushed, like just coming out of this shut, you know, they want you to get the job done, but yeah. you can't help if boys haven't finished their work or, mm. or you don't have the manpower. You know, you could be stripping a, you know, fifteen meter scaffold. Yeah. There's only three of you, so you know you've got to stack gear on levels and then you know keep yeah, chaining it down. Yeah, so it takes as long as it takes. Fuck. Shoulders getting smashed. Oh, bro, it's a, it's it's a trade where like yeah, sometimes I don't I barely train shoulders while I'm away at work. Eh, you just don't, don't need ne- to. Yeah, you don't need to. It's just yeah, yeah you're humping Carrying five planks or something. Yeah, like. you're just humping gear all day. But but you know what? I love it, bro. Like, yeah. Fuck, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, like always using your hands on the job. Yeah, and that was one of the things why I went back. 
um, coaching full time for three years. Like, I love it, man. I'd coach for free if money didn't make the world go yeah, round. Exactly. Like, I fucking froth it. But um, yeah, one of the reasons why I did go back was I just missed using my hands, like, yeah. and just being around the boys and don't mind a bit of hard yakka. Like, yep. you know, there's nothing better than you know building a building a big job or you're out in the abyss and like you're mm. hanging by your nuts and your adrenaline's <laughs> going a little bit and yeah. you know you're throwing some chew around and you're like fuck yeah boys this is this is living <laughs> <laughs> well especially when you get back to your dong and crack hold crack open a cold city yeah it's all worth it yeah yeah and you you know you reflect on the day and give the boys some shit about yeah. doing some dumb stuff and hey yeah. i don't know angel too bro <laughs> the boys get into me for doing some dumb shit but yeah nah it's good mm. I I enjoy that, I I'm gonna say FIFO lifestyle of how you know you work and your play is kind of separate. Not for you, you're still working when you're back home as well. But in terms of uh, working in Perth and working away, what do you prefer and what's the pros and cons for you? I enjoy working away too. I mm. I um my old my old boy. I used to work with my old boy. Yeah. Back when I left school as a as a boilermaker and he worked in like a factory for like ten years and recently, like the last five years, he worked away. Yeah. And I was starting to see like the lifestyle that he had and yeah. he loves to play that boy. Okay. <laughs> he yeah. loves to play. Yeah. And um yeah, just jumping back on like that that lifestyle now mm. and not scaffolding in the city but doing it away. You're right, bro. Like the eight and six roster, which is what I'm on now. Yeah, it's pretty like, cool. it's good because you can separate work and you yeah. come back and like you see the boys, you know, like, hey, boys, what would you get up to on R&R? Mm. And the boys have been out and about and, you yeah. know, playing up or <laughs> yeah. behaving themselves. Depends depends how they're feeling on the week. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy the I enjoy the split and it allows me to have the best of both worlds with coaching as well. Yeah. I, I got six days off, bro, and, like, fuck, you know how I operate, bro. i got ants in my pants. Like, yeah. I'll have a couple of days of play, but then I, if I'm sitting around the house too much, fuck, I'll end up up to no good. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done any longer rosters? Nah, so no. I'm lucky enough to so get you the start on eight and six. Yeah, lucky yeah, enough nice. to get the cream, eh? It's pretty good. Yeah, my old boy. As yeah. soon as he um, heard I was on eight and six, he's like, son, "Back in my day, we did sixteen and one." Yeah, he's like, "Son, I've been, I've only just got eight and six, and I had to bust ass. Here you are, welcome back in." I'm like, oh, depends what game you play, Dad. Yeah, that's it. Working in Perth, were you working your overtime and working your weekends? Yeah. Yeah, so it was like a standard 38 week. But yep. obviously if you're busy going on a Saturday. Mm. So really you're only getting like a day and a half off. And if, you know, Saturday, you're either, if you're not catching up with the boys, you know, at the time I was playing rugby. So your Saturdays are gone. Sunday's spent recovering because you've either had a few beers with the boys <laughs> Saturday night or, yeah. or you're banged up Going from the game. From footy, yeah. yeah, and then you're back at work Monday, you know, Go to pick up the tools or pick something up. You're like, fucking hell, here we go. Yeah. But, yeah, no, nah, I enjoy that that mm. FIFO lifestyle way yeah. better. Mm. You see yourself doing it for a while? Yeah, I'm not too sure, eh? Like, I'm enjoying it. Um, the money's good and I'd say the balance is there. Mm. I could definitely work on the balance, especially from a business standpoint. Like, yeah. that, that's definitely taking a hit. Okay. Um, I'd be silly if I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, just for your coaching, yeah, yeah, just just trying to find that balance as well as like time mm. for me because yeah, like you don't want to bend the candle at both ends. No, nah. um, nah. but then on you, that, have you ever suffered you know a decent burnout on your R and R trying to coach and train and 
Yeah, I make myself sick. I get, yeah. get the flu and stuff. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and that's that's my indicator of like, yeah. hey, mate, you need to sit down for a little bit. Um, but no, I just keep pushing, man. I, yeah. I, as I said, I love it and I can't sit still, so mm. I'm going to make the most of my time home. Um, but yeah. What other uh, things do you enjoy doing on your on your break? Just catching up. Uh, I just enjoy my training, eh? Yeah. I make the most of it while I'm home. Mm. Like seeing the boys and that, but you know your days go pretty quick. Yeah, so your, quick. Your days go pretty quick. It's um, fucked, though. You oh, do you schedule everything out like on your break, or do you do you just schedule a few big things and then everything else you just? Yeah, I try not to schedule because I don't I don't like to operate that way. Okay. Eh? Yeah. If someone tells me I'm going to be somewhere, I'll try my hardest not to. <laughs> I'll do it, but I'll do it when I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll book in clients um, for their sessions. So, I, you know, I'll probably book out, you know, three full days of coaching, yeah. give myself a couple of days to do what I need to do. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I try not to book too much. You know what it's like, bro, you're at work and then mm. you, know, you start having people, oh, yeah, you need to be here, you need to be that. You're like, fuck. I yeah, just you wanna... got two days left of your break and you're like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, I just want to – let me just do things how I want to do yeah. it. Yeah, I'm the same. What do you think within the men's mental health realm do you think doesn't get talked about enough? I think as much as it's becoming more aware, which I think it's great, mm. I think what doesn't get talked about is how to deal with it mm. in different ways and everyone's different. Everyone's yeah, gonna be different. Everyone's gonna be different and how they deal with it. But I think the more we share, as much as we're sharing how we're feeling, we should share like how how we got through it or how we're getting through it in different ways because mm. my way may work for me but it may not work for you yeah everyone right? fills their cup differently exactly bro and i think yeah as much as we're talking about it we should talk about oh hey bro this worked for me mm. it may not work for you but give it a crack yeah that's a good point i like that it's so hard eh? it's a big reason why i started this podcast because there's so many campaigns and resources about this stuff but then why are we still, you know, we're taking up the largest percentage of suicides? It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Nah, and it's like, you know, there's so many resources of like, hey, if you want to talk to someone, go here. Like, yeah. There's fucking heaps of them. Yeah. But some boys don't operate that way. Yeah, that's true. Like, they, maybe they don't want to talk or they're mm. not ready to talk. Maybe if you take them out bush running, that might be their thing. Yeah. Maybe if you take them surfing. Maybe if you jump on the pads and let them just fucking have a crack. Yeah. You know, that might be their thing and, you know, maybe they will talk about it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll deal with it themselves and, you know, yeah. have that self-reflection themselves. But trying out, yeah, I think, like, you know, doing them things, that's what's worked for me. Yeah. All right? yeah. So I'm just talking about yeah. how I would do it. But I think, yeah, I don't, as much as there are them resources, like go and talk to someone, I was like, oh, I don't think, that's the Not only way. Yeah, yeah. I just like, don't think it's the only way. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. definitely good to talk to someone, and I think you know if you are going through um, that, you know, there is that black dog that that's you know snooping around you are in that dark time. Like it's definitely good to talk to someone. Don't get me wrong, mm. but you may not be at that stage. You may need to go and you know do some activities where you're able to just you know be one with you know, yourself and yeah. in, a, in an environment where you can just sit there and think. You know, I go out on these hikes. Sometimes I run, sometimes I walk. 
I don't take my headphones just because I just want to let everything in my brain just yeah. fucking let all these brilliant ideas that I have just go. Or, yeah. you know, if I've got some stuff on my mind that's bothering me, just let it go. Yeah. I've taken a few people out in the bush and I don't even talk to them. Yeah. We're out there for like a good hour and a half <laughs> just walking in the bush. Yeah. And, you know, I'll have a, you know, have a bit of a conversation with them, but you can read the play and, you know, yeah, if, they just, if they just need to sit out and walk out in the bush and have silence, mm-hmm. they're thinking. Yeah, of course. So you just are, let yeah. them think. And if they feel like sharing, then they will. Uh, I can relate with uh, choosing not to, uh, you know, wear your headphones. Uh, even just uh, like I think everyone knows by now, I really like mowing the lawn and shit like that. I used to put my headphones in. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to like take my headphones out and enjoy every part of this. Right? It sounds so fucking stupid, but I'm just like, that's when ideas come to me or, yeah, I can use that time to self-reflect because I'm just in the zone, you know. Yeah. You just that's it. See, and like that's that, how I fill my cup. You know? That's how you fill your cup, bro. Yeah. You're mowing the lawn. Yeah, bro. A bit of lawn porn. How good? <laughs> Fucking love it. Love it. Your lawns are Tw- looking good. I was looking at the back. Just cheers, mate. There. Trying to get that buffalo back to 28 mil. Eesh. <laughs> nice. You got to keep that dog off it. <laughs> yeah, everyone has to take their shoes off before they get on. <laughs> Today's day and age, so many questions about what a man is and. Are you allowed to ask, you know, what a man should be or are you a man? It's it's very hard to navigate these days and I want to be respectful to, you know, all, all cultures and diversities out there. But to you uh, personally, what does it mean to be a man? I think that question, that's a solid question, bro. Um, a man to me, I'll probably look at the men in my life that have influenced me mm. and like take – you know, stuff from them. Uh, look at my old boy, um, my kuro, my pop, yep. my other pop. Um, I think a man is someone that provides, whether that be for his family or for himself or even just for other people. Um, you know, I don't have a family, my, you know, any kids. Um, but I feel like, you know, yeah, to be a man is, is a provider and a protector. That might come from, you know, kuro and the... You know, the Māori culture, of, mm. you know, he drilled that into us you know, and still does. You know, family means everything yep. and you look after your family no matter what. Um, but, yeah, I think a man provides and, and, and looks after his people. Yeah, I like that for sure. Uh, we'll wrap it up, man. Almost cracked an hour. Thanks so much for coming in today, mate. Really appreciate it. Oh, good, brother. You listen to the Perfect Man podcast. You can find me, Andre, at the Perfect Man podcast on Instagram. And Blake, please let our listeners know where you can find yourself um, online or in person. Uh, so you can find me at Unbroken SC on Insta, and then uh, just Blake Tyfee if you want to see a bit of this, bit Ooh, of that. DMs action. Nah, 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 nah stay nah, out there. Oh, thanks so much for coming in, man. Appreciate it. Cheers, brother. Thank you.